Hello again, and welcome back. This is Terry Guthrie back with the Wake Citizens Journal. We are continuing our series on homeschooling, or really it's alternative education, more a more general topic. But right now we're in the middle of a series directly involving homeschooling. So we hope you're enjoying this. And if you're new to the process, be sure and listen to all the episodes. We're giving you some great information on where to start, what questions to ask. And uh, today we're actually going to dig into what are some resources you have to help you with those questions and maybe even just to figure out what questions you need to ask in the first place. Uh, sometimes that's part of the problem is just figuring that much out. So um, as always, before we get started, I always have to do a little commercial. And uh, my commercial today, I've been talking to you about these patches. These are fantastic patches. Um, your stem cells hold the blueprint for everything that happens in your body. And this is a little technology patch that will help regenerate those stem cells. And it does it without medications. I love this for the fact that I don't have to get tied into big pharma in using these things. So if you'd like to learn more about this, there's two ways now, actually, you can do this. I'm transitioning a couple of things as I learn more in the podcasting realm, but I'm putting a, a direct Zoom link in my podcast notes. And on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern time, we do a 30-minute call where we talk about these patches and just tell you how they work, give you some more information, and, and let you know how you can get them. So you can either go to my podcast notes and see the direct link there, or if you have trouble with that link, email me directly at wakecitizensjournal. Um, excuse me, I messed it up already. Wakecitizensjournal at outlook.com. And I'll be happy to send you the, the Zoom link by email. So just let me know. But uh, it's a great product. I, I think you'll really get a benefit out of it. So Elena's back with me today. Elena, how are you doing today? I'm good, good to today. Thank you. We are, um, as I said, continuing our series on homeschooling. And we've kind of, Elena, correct me if I missed something here, but we've we've gone through the process of I've decided I want to take my kids out of public education. I want to do something else. Where do I go? Okay, homeschooling is an option. So now I'm asking the questions, where do I start with that? And we went through one episode of talking about the questions to ask yourself before you dive in. Last week, we had an episode where we had a roundtable discussion with some other parents who have gone through this whole process, and they gave some of their tremendous experiences and knowledge. So I hope you listen to that. So the next question is, um, I still have questions. <laughs> so, yeah. so where do I go to get some help? So Elena and I were talking earlier, and we've come up um, hopefully with some ideas that we can share with you to tell you how to find that help, get some support for yourself. And there's a number of ways to do it. So uh, I'm going to turn it over to Elena and let her begin talking about it. And I'll chime in from time to time with a question that hopefully matches what you're thinking. So go ahead, Elena. Okay. Well, um, I will say that, you know, when you're, when you're just new starting out or even considering uh, the homeschooling um, as an option for your kids, there's a million and one questions that you have. And I want to say first that you don't have to feel like you have to get them all answered right out of the gate. Sometimes things are just a work in progress and, you know, you start where you're at and just, you know, get a few questions answered and then keep going with the process. And so that's, 
you know, there's a lot to learn. Uh, and I think I said that in the very beginning at our first episode, there's just a lot to learn. And so you got to give yourself some time. Um, it's a new concept for a lot of people. But again, uh, with the popularity that it's gained over the years now, most people know somebody who's homeschooling. And so the, you know, some of the very best places to start is just by considering your own personal circle of friends and family and acquaintances of people who are already doing it, you know, a lot already doing it, already in the process. And the first place to start is simply by asking them, reaching out to them. But honestly, most people have resources online now since, uh, you know, if you're watching this, you have access to online information. Everything and anything is under the sun there. And so um, I want to talk specifically about North Carolina for a little bit since that's where we're at. And I'll talk specifically about Wake County as well. This is Wake Citizens Journal. Um, but for those who could be listening outside of, of that area, I would, again, recommend just um, doing some searches online and you'll find uh, your state information, plenty of support uh, groups out there, including Facebook. And uh, they have, um, usually there are groups by state or by county or by group type, like whether you're homeschooling high schoolers or, you know, kindergartners. So Facebook is good in that area as far as connecting with groups and, ans and asking questions from those groups. You will find that we are very quick um, and willing to answer your question. Uh, you'll, you'll get a lot, of, a lot of input that way. But let's um, just talk specifically about North Carolina. And there is a, a homeschool organization um, and that we have referenced before, it's nche.com um, is the is the website, and it's North Carolinians for Home Education. And on that page, if you go to that nche.com, and you go to a me the menu, you'll scroll down, and you can find a button for community. And in that community section, there are um, there's a list of regions and local groups that are available um, to your to your specific area and a, a list of, of dozens, if not hundreds, of different resources and support groups that you can tap into. So I will, you know, we can talk about a few different types of support in, um, in, in relation to, you know, home, your homeschooling journey and dive into a little bit more of those, you know, in particular throughout, you know, throughout the weeks as we go. Before we get into those specifics, for anyone who's listening to this as their first episode, I, I, I really want to emphasize you're not alone. Mm -hmm. And Elena, I, I know I'm asking you this kind of off the cuff. We talked earlier, but we didn't talk about this yeah. aspect. Do you know any stats off the top of your head about North Carolina? How many kids in North Carolina are being homeschooled, roughly? Uh, yeah, or, that, um, I know we've talked about that in previous we, episodes, but... We have, and I don't want to get it wrong. I think it's 200,000 is about as... um, Yeah, so there's 100,000 homeschools open in North Carolina as of this year. And they estimate, they estimate um, number of kids per homeschool at, at like 2.2. 2. 
So <laughs> and roughly, roughly 200,000 kids in North Carolina are homeschooled. And just to give you kind of put that in perspective, Wake County alone on the public school side has about, I believe it's about 170,000 students. That might not be the right number. That might be a little slightly low, but it's somewhere in that ballpark. So in contrast, statewide, homeschoolers roughly match the total number of public school kids just in one, you know, in Wake County. And I think Wake County is the largest. It is the largest school system in in the state. Right. Yes. So, uh, so my point being, again, you're not alone. If you're trying to figure this out and you're just, you know, you've got your first child or maybe you got five kids and you're just now trying to start in this direction, you don't have to go it alone. There's, there's a lot of support out there. And so I'll, I'll be quiet for a minute and let Elena start talking about it, but there's well, different styles of groups and you can pretty much find whatever matches you, I think, Yeah, and so let's talk about what some of those look like, um, because this also goes in line with a lot of comments that parents make is, I I can't do that. I can't school my kids. I can't have them home all day with me. I I don't, you know, I I don't know. I don't have the patience for that. That's a big one I hear. Mm -hmm. The patience for that. What about socialization, which is a joke these days and such a such a myth because homeschoolers are usually over socialized, but you know, some, some, some of the common first questions is like, I, I don't think I could do this. Uh, I wouldn't know what to start. Um, and so, so we have right in our own backyard here in, in Wake County is, is so many different homeschool organizations that are here to come alongside of you and help you. So uh, a lot, to be honest with you, a lot of us don't do it alone. A lot of us join one of these organizations because it not only provides um, guidance for us as homeschool parents, it provides support and encouragement that we need, community for us, and it also supports um, our kids in a community for them. And so I'll, I'll talk about a few different ones. So uh, if so, let's talk in the context of private and public schools. So private and public schools, you are mostly going, for the most part, five days a week, right? Public schools, five days a week. Most private schools operate five days a week. Well, homeschool, you know, you need to be at home for at least some of the time while you're schooling. Uh, so what they have created out there are some hybrid models is what I'll I'll lump them all under uh, uh, the name hybrid models, but because they all operate a little bit differently. But basically, your child will be home for some of their school time and some of their time they spend in some type of organized classroom. And that's all still considered homeschooling, which is nice because you do have them at home, but you also have the support of them being in a class with other people. So I will just, I'll start going down a list of uh, a few types and talk a little bit about uh, a few of them. So one of the common ones out there today is called a university model school. And what that is, is your student will go there two to three days a week and they will, they are actually paid models. So you pay a university model school uh, to teach your children, 
and they will usually teach all the core subjects and some electives. So, um, and what that looks like is again, going two to three days a week, they'll have teachers that teach them math, science, English, social studies, foreign language, and a couple of electives. And then the other days that they're not there, they're at home with you. And they usually call them satellite days. So they're days that are off, off campus, but at home. With that model, with that university model, you are still considered a homeschool, um, a, a homeschool in and of, of yourself. You are just using them as a resource, uh, paid classes, so to speak. And um, they do get the community there. They're assigning the homework there. They're correcting it. They're guiding all their education, but you are still responsible and making sure what needs to get done at home gets done. And you are still responsible for issuing their grades at the end of the year and issuing transcripts at the end of high school. The teachers on those schools will give you recommended grades, but ultimately, again, as a homeschool parent, like I've said in prior episodes, you are responsible for issuing a final grade. Okay, so that's a university model school, and they'll bring in teachers that are um, the teachers that are uh, adept and experienced in their subject area. So you will have usually a former. It's usually a former science teacher public school science teacher that then switched over to homeschooling. And now she's, you know, wants to earn some extra money. So she's teaching a science class at one of these schools. Um, so there's a couple of those in our area. One that I um, could mention particular is one called Sola Gradia Classical Academy, SGCA. And uh, actually one of the moms that we had on our round table a couple of weeks ago uh, spoke um, to, uh, to that um, she, she touched on a little bit. She actually teaches there. So that's one. Um, and let me just take a break right now. And Terry, ask if you have any questions, cause I can keep going. Um, two specific things. One is, um, I know this varies widely probably from group to group, but what's a typical class size when you take kids to this model? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, anywhere, usually, I would say 12 to 18. Okay, so that's close to some regular schools. What the, the well, maybe, would be I, it's I maybe a little smaller, but a little smaller. When I yeah. talked to somebody, they were you know 22, 25 at the public school model. So 12 to 18, there could be some yeah. that you know give or take a few. Okay, and where do they typically meet for these? Or well, not typically, I know it changes yeah, group to group. I hate to keep using that word, but where, what would be a few examples of where these classes would meet? Uh, a lot of times they meet in churches because they have, uh, churches are organized where they don't meet Monday through Friday. And so mm -hmm. they have days open. And then they also usually have classroom space. And okay. usually uh, friendly, they will either donate their space or have a very low, you know, very low rental free. So often it's in, in churches. Okay. Okay, good. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's just one, one support model is the university model where you go two to three days a week. Um, and that one, a lot of parents like, because I will use the term drop-off. It's a drop-off program. <laughs> you don't have to go and, 
teach or invest your time unless they're looking for volunteers, you know, for certain things. But you go, you drop your kids off in the morning, you pick them up in the afternoon, kind of just like a, a regular public school. Um, so that uh, that seems to um, that seems to help a lot of parents who maybe are still working and they you know they they don't have all that time or ones that just they don't know where to go what to do and so that provides the classwork for them and uh and that and the teaching you know instruction and so if you are a newer homeschool and you just don't feel you know like you're up to the job that is often a good fit especially again like i said if you have to work but those also can cost a little bit of money i've seen them cost anywhere between uh, low two thousands to close to five thousand for the year. Okay. Yeah, so it's not free because those teachers are paid, and there are several teachers, you know, involved in that, and they do because they do take usually most most of the grade levels. And with that model, is it are the teachers working under an organization umbrella where? You pay the organization and then they pay the teachers. Is that how that structure? That model, yes, usually that model, yes. And there could be differences, but usually it is a an umbrella, a university model school that will take your tuition, and they are the ones. You know, the teachers work for them, and they'll they'll pay the teachers. Okay. So that brings up actually another um, option again, support for classes that. Okay, say you only wanted a couple of classes. You don't feel um, you don't feel good about teaching high school math or science, or the thought of grading your kids' writing paper scares you to death. <laughs> Take a la carte classes. So there are many uh, organizations out there that offer just um, classes, what they're called a la carte, and so you would pay. Uh, for a teacher to teach just that one subject, but they do all the things. So they teach, they assign the homework, they grade the homework, they give the tests, and they give an assi- uh, a recommended grade at the end of the of the year, which again is your ultimate decision on what to do with that. But those, um, there's a variety of options in Wake County. Um, HARC is one of them that stands for the Home at Home Academic, I'm sorry, Homeschool Academic Resource Center. Um, that one meets at Shepherd's Church up in Cary. Um, there is one that's New Life Camp that's up in North Raleigh. There's a newer one that is meeting out at Garner called Triangle Resource Center. And those types of places offer those a la carte classes. And those usually run anywhere between around four to five hundred dollars per class for the year, and you are paying the instructor usually on those ones. Sometimes it will go through the organization of where they're meeting, or sometimes it's directly paid to the teacher. Okay. So, and then I, and those are the groups that offer those types of a la carte classes, and then there's. There's solo independent teachers out there that will also offer their services that may meet in their home uh, or they could meet at a community center or a library 
and also offer their services to teach an independent class. Science, writing, math are usually the big ones. But there's some additional ones like SAT prep. Um, I've seen a psychology class offered. So there's a variety of uh, resources and options and support out there. If you know, if you just don't feel confident in teaching one of those classes. And actually, that's probably a good plug for teachers as well, that if they're looking for kind of a different way of teaching uh, that gives them more freedom, mm -hmm. this might be a route to go. It is actually because a lot of those resource centers do utilize, again, former public school teachers. In my homeschool community, personally, throughout the years that I've spent here, um, I have dozens of friends who are former home, former public school teachers who are, you know, went there okay. homeschooling their own kids. And now that their homeschool uh, kids are coming through the ranks, they are starting to uh, branch out and teach these classes for, you know, for income. So, yeah, that's that's an opportunity as well. So, again, now the, the full burden of the teaching doesn't fall on me necessarily. I've got options. Right. It, it doesn't fall on you. And so you have options, but you also have, again, support um, and encouragement and guidance, because a lot of times, I mean, we just have questions along the way. Um, another uh Opportunity that I will mention that is uh, popular, similar to the university model, um, but they only meet one day a week, uh, and that is a classical education model. There is an organization out there called Classical Conversations, and they meet one day a week. Same thing, they hire teachers, which they call tutors, and you bring your child there and they spend the day uh, it's just, again, one day a week. They spend the day um, learning a variety of subjects by a paid tutor. The benefit of the classical uh, conversations or classical model there, um, it is a little bit cheaper because they're only meeting one day a week. And so maybe you're talking 800 to $1,500 per student, depending on the age and the grade of the student. Um but they are still getting taught by a tutor. They're still getting their homework assigned and their homework graded. But the classical model is a different uh, method of education that not a lot of, um, it's not as popular as the standard method of education. They, they dig more into um, learning, you know, really to grow critical thinking skills in rhetoric and, you know, it just, really diving in and thinking about um, different topics, not just the what, but the why. So, okay. but, but that's another great um, option for support. And again, if you don't want to teach all the subjects, they offer that, that there. Do, do those class sizes tend to run about the same size as, as the other models or, uh, or because it's yeah. one day a week, is it larger? Uh, it's actually, I think the class sizes can be a little bit smaller, oh, um, okay. maybe eight to 12 students. Okay. And again, it depends on the grade and in the classical model of like classical conversations as an organization, they also though can blend, uh, blend grades. So you don't just have second graders and you don't have, 
Yes, separate class for third graders. You might have a class that's second through fourth grade. And so, um, but they do try to keep the class sizes smaller in those, in those, in those ones. So you're still getting a lot of direct attention from the teacher. And speaking of grades, with each of these models, again, I know every organization is going to be different, but typically do they offer do they tend to to focus on a certain sector of grade levels, like just high school, or do do the organizations tend to run everything from kindergarten all the way through twelve? I will say most of them try to cover all the grade levels. Okay. There probably there are definitely some that might be specific just to elementary or specific to high school. But for the most part, um, most of them run all the all the grade levels. If they want to cater to your whole family, and you may have ninth grader, fifth grader, kindergartner, and so you know they they really want to cater to the whole family. Okay, interesting. So what else? Well, I guess the last one I I'll talk about uh, as far as getting support for teaching when you're, you know, in homeschooling is a typical um, cooperative model. And, um, and we can dig a little bit more into that one. So uh, it's shortened name is is co-op, right? We, we cooperate, we cooperate together as homeschool parents to provide a type of classroom uh, instruction um, and experience for our kids. But I will tell you, this one is getting less common, and it's kind of interesting. Uh, in the past, this was the most common model where parents would just get together and say, I'll, you know, I'll teach your kid history, you teach mine English. And, uh, and or this teacher over here, they'll do an art class. And so that was used to be the most popular form of uh, getting support through uh, a homeschool community because the parents committed their time, their talents, and their efforts. And it was all volunteer-based. And so, and none of us, you know, we wouldn't, we're not paid teachers. We wouldn't, even if we were a professional teacher back in the day, it's not something you're getting paid to do. You are volunteering your time. Everybody's volunteering their time and it, it serves the whole community. So that is a typical um, traditional co-op. And actually, actually, I am the director of a local one of those, uh, Triangle Community Cooperative, TCC for short. And um, and we do have a website out there at, and you can post that. It's a little bit lengthy. So you can post that in the links at the end of the at the end of the show if you want. But basically, this co-op we are are pretty big. We operate down here in the Holly Springs Fuquay area, and we have about fifty families coming on uh, board total for for this coming year. We have some that are returning and some new, so we'll have a total of about fifty families. We will have okay. just a hundred kids, hundred students that we'll be serving, and we'll be serving. Uh, pre-K through 12th grade, and we have lots of classes. Um, and then a typical a typical cooperative like ours, we meet one day a week, and it can be anywhere from half a day to a full day. Our day is a full day. 
one day a week. And we, and so again, every co-op is different and what they offer. Our co-op offers um, three of the main core courses that a lot of people don't like to teach. Um, English, uh, yeah, ain't nobody wants to teach right now. <laughs> English, um, science, and then we do uh, history or social studies. We stay away from math only because the um, math is very particular. It's it's that's a that's a real hard one um, to get volunteers to teach. <laughs> mm, yeah. And we got limited, limited, you know, anyone can learn how to teach science. You don't have to be a science teacher, but to teach math, you really kind of know how to teach math. So, um, so yeah, so we are a big, um, a big community, big family. We like to spend a lot of time, social time together. And so we do outside activities, field trips. And I know you're big on field trips. You ask about that all the time. Um, parties, social time. So that's that's uh, that's the and it keep, we keep the cost down because again we're all volunteers. So those right. you're paying a small registration fee for your family just to cover some basic co-op supplies and things, and then you pay a real minimal class fee per class again just to cover supplies because we're all donating our time. So that was a loaded one. Do you have any questions? Uh- well, <laughs> I could go in a bunch of directions. I think you said that it's um, shrinking as far as the popularity is concerned. Oh, yeah. Is that mainly because of the availability of teachers to do the other models more than there used to be? Is that so? I yeah, I think it's for two reasons. So yes, the the other models are growing in popularity. There used to never be any of those around, like university model type. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was always outside classes in the, in the last eight or 10 years or so, but so the, the popularity, the availability of those other models are becoming more prevalent and then parents are becoming more busy. And, um, and I will say that some of us veteran homeschoolers are also getting a little tired. (laughs) (laughs) Schooling is not all sunshine and roses. You know, it is, there is some, uh, there is some work involved and and it can get tiring. And so, you know, some people, some families just get to a point in their life where they're like, I kind of need a break. And so um, they are looking at some of those other options. Now, when you and I first met Mm -hmm. virtually, because we've never physically met, actually, (laughs) um, we were talking about your co-op. And you gave me a kind of an in-depth explanation of exactly how yours functions. Mm-hmm. I want to have you share that a little bit so people get a better feel for, okay, when I bring my child that one day a week, what actually happens? Who's involved on which parts? And, you know, just how does it all come together? I, well, I, I find it fascinating. Yeah, well, again, uh, I can only speak to ours. I have been involved. Mm-hmm any others. And so a disclaimer, they all operate differently, right? They all have different, uh, different mechanisms. And, but um, basically, so I am the new director of this co-op. Um, and because um, I, I guess I'm the lucky one. Um, but uh, no, it's a, it's a great, it's a great position. I, I love serving the families, but um, the way ours operates is uh, an adult 
in your family. It could be the father or the mother. And I suppose uh, it could also be a grandparent if, if they were involved. Someone has to commit to teaching or co-teaching a class. And we have about, we're pushing 50 classes next year. Um, and so, wow. so yeah, between we have electives and we have core classes. So I'll just give you a rundown. We meet on Mondays. We start at 845. Uh, we ask everybody to be there at 845 just to get settled, but our class starts at nine. And in the elementary school, which is sixth grade and under, uh, we uh, they will have five classes over the course of that day, five one-hour classes with a half-hour break for lunch. And so those classes will start uh, with the, the, we get the hardest one out of the way, which is always English and writing. <laughs> so they start fresh in the morning with English. So they'll meet for their English class and then they'll have a history class and then science class and they'll break for writing. And then after, or, or I'm sorry, break for lunch. And then after lunch, they get to choose elective classes. And that's where a lot of the fun is a lot of different options for electives Next year, we're offering fun with sign language. We're offering um, a survival skills. Uh, we're offering creative art. So all kinds of really great um, opportunities that you may not teach yourself at home. So that's just in our elementary levels. Our middle school and our high school level operate similarly, except their classes are a little bit longer, 90-minute classes for their core classes. So they have English uh, history and science that each meet for 90 minutes. Um, they will also have a 30 minute break for lunch in there. And then they get, they have the time for one elective class in the afternoon, but it does switch per semester. And some of the electives we're offering next year, we have a survival skills class for high schoolers and middle schoolers. And that's always a big hit. Um, we're offering a filmmaking and videography elective. Um, a career exploration and life skills elective, CPR and first aid. So there's a lot of good uh, stuff that, again, you think I can't teach this at home and you can go to a co-op and you can get those all, all those cool classes. So basically each class has a couple teachers, a couple of moms or dads in it that co-teach and share the duties. They instruct and then they assign the homework and then they will grade the homework. And by the end of the year, you feel like you have really accomplished, you know, something good and, and that you, that you finished well, <laughs> that's always a problem. Yes. If I can just share with you, sometimes it's a problem because, uh, you know, in the fall, you're, you go gangbusters on, you know, teaching all the things. And then by Christmas, you start, you know, fizzling out a little bit and you think, okay, well, as long as I can finish math or finish writing and language arts, but science, well, we got time for that next year. History, oh, I'll pick that up again next year. But with the co-op or with any one of these organized models that, you know, we've talked about, you do get through a whole year of curriculum and you can check check that box and enjoy your summer vacation. So that's <laughs> another good thing for it. So do you typically assign the, you said the parents teach the classes. Mm -hmm. So does the parent typically stay with their child? But I immediately see a question, which is, I've got three kids, not right. just one. So yeah. which way do I go? Or do the, the, the parents tend to gravitate to their strength 
So if they're good in math, they teach a math class regardless of where their child is and, and help out that way. Yeah, we, well, we do try to place parents in um, what their strengths or their passions or their experience is in because we believe that would make a best the best class for those students. If I'm passionate about psychology, right? And I, I that class is gonna be real interesting because I'm passionate about it. Um, if, but if I absolutely hate English, <laughs> I'm probably not gonna be the best teacher for that. Right. I do try to place parents where they feel, um, you know, confident in teaching. However, with that said, sometimes there is also just holes and needs that need to be met and you need to stretch and grow. I, for eight years, I taught English and writing and my background is in business and accounting. <laughs> you know, I don't be, <laughs> I, you yeah. know, I've never trained in writing or English, but I love to read. And I learned that writing is actually very structured. There's a lot of components um, to, to writing. And, you know, you've got your intro and your body and your conclusion. It's actually a very structured thing. So right. I learned that and grow with it simply because my makeup is, you know, I like that kind of structure. So I taught English for eight years. <laughs> it's something I learned. So, uh, spoiler alert, I kind of know the answer to this question already, but for the benefit of people listening, one of the aspects I love about your co-op is what you told me, if I'm not teaching, but I'm there for, to spend the day, what am I doing? Yeah. And I love this part of it because this is the part that I think that gets lost a lot. Yes. And it's wonderful. So I think it's what I keep saying. Something like a co-op is not just for your kids. It's for you too. And so when you're not teaching in your one hour or your 90 minute class, you are there on campus. We're all, we all stay, although we can pop off for lunch if we want. Um, but we're all there and we all gather. And so you, you may be in a room with 10, 12 other moms who aren't teaching or prepping for a class at that hour. And we're talking and we're encouraging one another. And I'm telling you, it goes far beyond homeschooling as well. I mean, when you start having teenagers, a lot of us moms are saying, what should I do here? How do I, how do you handle this? Right. We're same thing with young ones. I can't get my little one to bed. And so it's a built in support system, mm-hmm. not as a homeschool mom, um, but as a parent as well. And I, I want to keep using the word mom, but listen, we actually have some dads there too. They're, they're not as prevalent, but we have more next year than we've ever had before. And, uh, and so it's, it's a community for your whole family, for your whole family. And so it's been, um, it's been a real blessing throughout my life. My, some of my best friends have come out of my co-op over the years. And even though I've moved on from different co-ops, you know, I've maintained those friendships. We know that over the last three years, homeschooling has exploded for obvious reasons that we won't go into. But have you also seen in talking about dads being involved more because so many people are now able to work remotely, has that opened up more avenues for the dads to be involved than previous. And that's kind of part of that shift, would you say? I I would definitely say that's the case. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. There's a lot more flexibility now for families as a whole. We even have, you know, we have moms that work and that are still able to come and do the co-op. And we have um, plenty of dads that work and will take that time or that half a day off or, you know, even just the hour for their class and come and do the co-op. And sometimes you know, what that may look like next year for one of our dads is he's going to stay on campus and can I work in this quiet corner? And then I'm going to, you know, teach my class when I need to teach it. And so, yeah, that flexibility is there. And uh, and you do see a lot more of that happening because of the remote work options. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, so kind of in wrapping up, um, we've given, what was it, four different options, I think, in styles of associations or co-ops, you know, whichever right. word is appropriate. So, so parents have plenty out there to find. Right. To get the support they need to find the right style that works for them, that works for their family. And, and I think that's tremendous. Again, you and I have compared to 30, 40 years ago. Uh, when I was growing up, there was nothing, basically. Right. And uh, so it's really good to hear that there's not just an option, but there are multiples. There are. And let me just briefly say, too, that, you know, that's touching. That all was touching on in-person options. But there is a plethora of online options as well. I'm not as a big a fan of online stuff as um you know, as some people may be, because I do think a lot is lost in that. But it is it, it is an answer or can be an answer for a lot of parents who want to homeschool, but they have to work. And they, you know, they want to guide their child, they can maybe have the time to guide their child before and after and check up. But they don't have time for the, you know, direct one on one instruction, or to be part of a co op like like mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so online options are available to even if you have to work full time. So I'm going to tie this in with the website, the North Carolina website, remind people where that is. NCHE.com. And go in the menu and look under community. And there's a million based on your location even. So now our, what I find there, will that mostly be, I'll say the physical associations where we're connected or are there also some listing in there that are the online versions? Um, I'm not sure. I haven't, haven't I think for the most part, you're going to see the physical options there. Um, They're made uh, because it's meant to, that tag tab is called community. And so, you know, you're going to find a lot of, uh, a lot of those are probably physical things, but not, but I will say I did take a, a quick look through it just before we talked. It's not just co-op or class related. There are some additional opportunities in there as well, like the Capital Area Homeschool Band is in there. Yes. Theater options in there. So um, there's there's options in, in there that are outside of class. And those two in particular are ones that I've already got on my list that over time on this platform, I'll be interviewing other people with other types, not just other types, but other um, associations. And I'm really keying in on some of those that are unique as well, like the band, Uh, because those are things where 
you know, your co-op may not offer band as a particular class. Right. You're sticking more to the academic side of things, but then there's that particular group that does band. So it gives the parents an option that for their child that wants to play an instrument to still be involved in some fashion. Yeah. And I, and we talked briefly about that in the very beginning. I think our first episode, I just rattled mm-hmm. a bunch of different um, opportunities and that homeschoolers can still be a part of between sports, music, mm-hmm. theater, and the arts. There are homeschool options for just about anything. Yes. So we'll try to get as many of those on here to introduce you to those as much as we can as well. So... Any closing comments? Uh, no, outside of, um, again, just an encouragement and plug is if you think you can't do it, you can. And, you know, there you, you can. And there's for any, you know, reason or that you think you can't, I, I'll give you a reason that you can. And so, you know, you're welcome to email Terry questions. How How would I do it if this? And, you know, we can answer some of those questions for you and point you in the right direction. And one last time, give the website for your co-op so they'll have it. And I will also put both NCHE and Elena's co-op, the the web links in my podcast notes as well. But what's that website again? So the website to my co-op is tcchomeschool.weebly.com. And you can put that in your link because it's a little lengthy, but tcchomeschool.weebly.com. So we'll get that in the the podcast notes. So again, if you're driving, don't try to write that down. <laughs> so we'll we'll get it in there. So Elena, thank you as always. I'm thoroughly enjoying this this whole series, and you know I'm learning a lot. I don't have kids, as I've said before, but but I'm learning a lot, and I hope our listeners are getting a benefit out of this and seeing homeschooling as a viable option. It may not be right for you. It's not right for everybody, but at least now you've got enough information to really make an informed decision. Or in addition to that, we're giving you um, resources to go to, to get your questions answered because um, sometimes you just don't answer them for yourself and you need that extra help. So, um, so reach out to Elena through her co-op or, or find another one that's close to you on the NCHE website and reach out to someone. Don't, you know, feel like you have to do it alone. There's lots of resources out there. So as always, thank you for listening. I appreciate everyone that's listening to these episodes and I hope you'll pass the information along about the Wake Citizens Journal. Let people know we're here and what information they can find. And I will have some other uh, things coming very shortly. I hope to have it this week. We'll see if that works out or not, but Very shortly, I've got some other things that will be happening to add some more episodes to our list every week. So keep watching for those. So until next week, have a great week, and we'll talk to you then. Thank you, Terry.